Good afternoon, everybody. So I'm back. I hope everybody had a great weekend. This is going to be a good show because I plan on doing football stuff like I said I was going to do. And then all of a sudden this weekend, there's breaking, interesting news that you know that I'm about to tell you if you haven't already heard. So wherever you are, I hope you sit back and turn the volume up and pay attention because this is a lesson in economics for everyone. So if you weren't aware, the U.S. women's soccer team debate that kind of died down heated back up because the president of uh, the the United States Soccer Federation, uh, Carlos Cordero, I guess his name is, or Cordero, Cordero. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with last names and pronunciation. But anyway, he's the president of the United States Soccer Federation. He put out a uh, document basically detailing uh, what was transpiring in this debate. Basically, the if you weren't aware, the United States Soccer Federation um, was like file. They got a lawsuit filed against them on the basis by the women's national team, stating that they needed equal pay, right, and that they weren't being paid equal, and that that's why this lawsuit and everything erupted, right. And and I talked about it plenty of times on this program about how basically they're being conceded and they're not understanding what they signed for because again they signed a collective bargaining agreement. Okay, so that that literally dictates they signed it. Their their representatives, whoever represents the United States Women's Soccer Federation, signed a collective bargaining agreement and they agreed. So whatever they get paid is what they get paid. That would be like you going into your boss's office after signing a deal saying your boss sits down with you and says, "Okay, we're going to pay you twenty dollars an hour." You say, "Okay, you sign that deal." Then a year later, you come back and you're like, "Well, why am I getting paid twenty dollars an hour?" Right? Like that's the logic behind this. But again. That has nothing to do with anything because it, it only has a small fraction of actually what happened. So, again, the president, uh, Carlos, he sends out this document stating that he just wanted everyone wanted everyone to know that they they hired their own independent, um, basically, uh, they hired their own independent law, uh, firm, accounting firm, to go through all the data. So, and this data was comprised of, let me bring it up for you. So, the data was comprised of, sorry, I'm just blowing up the picture so I can read it. Um, basically, it was comprised over the last 10 years of the United States soccer um, uh, from, from men and women. And this included tax documents, financial statements, uh from it, all this was calculated by an independent accounting firm. Uh, this analysis included the men's and women's re, um, respective collective bargaining agreements. Like I said, they're completely separate. We'll get into that in a bit, in a minute. And the salary information based on the on actual players W two filings. Okay, so that's really big. This means that they have the actual salary data because they get the W two filings and the player payroll. So it's not just some computer where they googled the information. They had the W twos which are routinely reviewed by the Players Association, right, to make sure that they're getting what the CBA says. And basically, he put out this fact sheet that comprised of the information where how this accounting firm got their information, right? So the reason that he put this out, and the reason it's coming out now is because he put out a, a, a letter before this stating that he wanted everyone to know that, the, that this lawsuit was underway and that they were going to compile all the information to uh to show their side of the argument because because fair is fair his entire the United States Soccer Federation has been getting absolutely bombarded 
by people who believe that the women aren't getting paid the same as men. And they ultimately feel like snookered out of this deal for whatever reason. Um, so he let the whole thing transpire with them winning the World Cup. And, and he put out a, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, I'll give you his Twitter handle so you can read these letters by yourself and you don't have to listen to me. But it's Carlos uh, Cordero, so C-O-R-D-I-R-O, so at C-A-C Soccer is his Twitter handle. So first he put out a, um, he said, the letter and the fact sheet to our soccer community about the United States, uh, our United States women's national team lawsuit. We are committed to doing right by our women's players, and I'm optimistic we can get this done. So basically he put out a letterhead at the beginning that basically described what the fact sheet was going to compile. The, the fact sheet is about two and a half pages long. It just kind of sums up what the findings of the independent accounting firm found. As well as he talks about in this letter about how he didn't want to get this data. He had the data before the United States soccer um before the women's national team World Cup final, but he did not want to release this as because they were out there in France winning. And he said we 100 percent supported them. We paid for charter flights, we paid for world-class um training and to all of their staff, and we wanted the focus to be on them winning the cup, which was hundred percent um great on his behalf that he went ahead and did this, right? He said, I don't want there to be any confusion that we're against them. They just want to fight their side of the argument, and they waited their turn. So they let the women win the National Cup, and it was all great, and they let all the heat die down, right? I haven't heard anything about the women's national team in probably about a month, which is exactly what I said on this program before, right? Nobody will care about the women's soccer team given a month. And then all of a sudden, he releases this. This in fact sheet came out yesterday. So the fact sheet, again, is about three pages long. I'm going to try to sum up in uh, best uh, what I said. So, again, taking into what I said, they they had an independent accounting firm go through all this data, right? So the, so the compensation, so this is like kind of an, in a short press, like what this document, the three-page document entails, right? Over the past decade, U.S. soccer has paid our women's national team more than our men's national team. From 2010 through 2018, the U.S. soccer paid our women $34.1 million in salary and game bonuses, and we paid our men $26.4 million, not, count, um, not counting the significant addition, uh, additional value of various benefits that our women's players receive, but which our men do not. These are several reasons for this. Okay, so this is where he goes into explaining the breakdown of why they get, they make, 31.1 million dollars in salary and game bonuses and the men only make 26.4 million so again this is exactly counter argument to everything that we've already previously talked about about how they make more and obviously the initial data that we got was actually false where i said they actually make a little bit less they actually make a little bit more so everything's getting turned upside down and if these facts are true which i don't believe he would lie he's in a lawsuit he needs to get as much, like I said, this is an independent accounting firm who's doing this data. And this is on, on U.S. Soccer Federation letterhead. You can and follow the man on Twitter. You get all these documents. So uh, I'll go back in, and, and I'm kind of just going to do a, a quick little overlap of why this is different. So the different pay structures. So this is what he writes here. Our men and women's national team players do indeed have different pay structures, but this has nothing to do with gender. Rather, each team having negotiated um, their different compensation uh, models under their respective collective bargaining agreements. 
So this is exactly what I said earlier on this program, like, um, you know, right after the World's Cup, National Cup ended and this whole stink arose, right? I said they don't get paid the same because of the collective bargaining agreement. They signed that on their own accord. Nobody put a gun to their head and said, this is what you need to play for. They negotiated the CBA under the U.S. Soccer Federation, exactly like the men's negotiated their own CBA. And this is where he goes and breaks down the difference in in the salaries under the collective bargaining agreement for each men and women. So they have completely separate collective bargaining agreements, okay? The men's federation has one, the women's federation has another. So this is a quick breakdown. So under the women's CBA, they have chosen guaranteed salary money. So that means that regardless of whatever whatever happens, right, they get injured, they can't play, right? The U.S. soccer therefore pays each women's national team um, contracted player a base salary of $100,000 per year, and that is 100% guaranteed. No one can, can take any of that money away. They could get hurt. They could um, get terribly injured. They're guaranteed $100,000. In contrast, the men's national team players have no guaranteed salary and are only paid for the training camps they attend and the games they play, plus game bonuses. So there's no guaranteed money for men, only guaranteed money for women. In addition, the United States soccer also pays women's national team contracted players um, 67000 to 72000 uh, salaries, so additional salaries, if those women play in the National Women's Soccer League. So that is huge, okay? That is that is a major issue. So that means if if you're a girl, you're I'm sorry, if you're on the women's national team and you're a women's uh, women's national team player, and you also play in the in the national uh, women's soccer league, so that's like the, basically the MLS version of the women's league, right? Then the United States Soccer Federation also pays you an additional sixty-seven to seventy-two thousand dollars on top of your salary, meaning that your salary could therefore be one hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars to one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars a year which is guaranteed money, and you can earn uh, additional tournament bonuses with that salary. So Major League Soccer has no condition with the men's national team players. If you're a, ma- if you're a men's national team player and you play in the, ML- in the MLS, you don't get any type of bonus for playing in the MLS and being on the uh, men's national team. That's not negotiated in their CBA. That is negotiated in their CBA. So as you can see from just from this from right now, right? You can tell that this is this is gonna this is only fact one. I've only read one fact of a three-page fact sheet, right? We're about to go down a big old rabbit hole here. So again, crazy, right? So they are guaranteed. There is nothing to do, right? It's just it's just a different contract structure. It has nothing to do with anything but the CBA they negotiated. So for again, they get additional money for playing in the in the National Women's Soccer League. Men do not get extra money for playing in major league soccer. That's just not what happens. That's, but that's again, that's what the men negotiated and the women negotiated. Okay, so the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anyone for having whatever. I'm just, I'm just laying out the facts because I, I think it's important for everyone to know the facts. So, this, this is also interesting. Guaranteed benefits for women above and beyond the guaranteed salaries mentioned above. U.S. Soccer provides our women's players with a robust package of benefits that are not provided for the men. These benefits include fully paid health, dental, and vision insurance, a severance package, a 401k retirement plan, paid maternity uh, paternity leave, guaranteed injury protect, uh, protection, and assistance with childcare. Again, under their contract, our men's players receive none of these benefits. So that's huge. 
So they negotiated that in their contract, and the men did not. So as as you, if you are a women's national soccer team member making this, making the base salary, that's what's included. So your base salary, which means what you're going to get paid at the very minimum is $100,000 guaranteed, and you're also going to get every single one of those benefits guaranteed to you. The men do not get that. Um, again, I don't care that that's what they negotiated, but that's what they negotiated. I'm just laying out the facts for everyone. Moving on. Okay. Hypothetical per game comparison. The widely reported claim that our women's players currently earn only 38 cents for every dollar earned by our men is false. Again, this is not me writing this. This is off the fact sheet. This claim is based on out-of-date numbers that do not reflect what our women's players actually earn today. In particular, it overlooks the guaranteed salaries described above. The claim is also based on a hypothetical scenario. Our men and women each playing 20 friendly matches in a year which has never happened, and receiving the average bonus amount per game. That said, if the men and women ever did play in win and win 20 friendlies in a year and were paid the average bonus, bonus amounts, a, woman, a woman's player could earn more than a U.S. men's player. The, the women's player would earn at least $307,000 when you combine the women's national team salary and the National Women's Soccer League salary plus in-game bonuses, and the men's player would earn about $263,000 game bonuses only. So this is the breakdown, okay? So this is a hypothetical comparison. So obviously what they're saying is, is he says no, no one ever plays 20 friendlies, and no one ever wins 20 friendlies. But if someone could win 20 friendlies, it would be the team who's dominated the World Cup every single time that they've played in, in recent memory, right? They're three-peat champions, right? So, again, if they're playing in 20 friendlies and they've already beat all their competition, right, it would be safe to say that if they actually did play 20 friendlies, the women's national team would win all 20 of those games. And the men who lost to Mexico's B team certainly would not. So those game bonuses don't, don't, don't work unless you win. And the women's national team wins, so therefore, even if the men could win all those 20 games, which they wouldn't because they're bad, and, and men's soccer is completely different, competition is completely different, the women still make $60,000 $60, more if, if in this hypothetical scenario, which never happens, right? But that's just the breakdown. Again, I'm giving you the facts here. These are what are written down. You can read these for yourselves. Like I said, follow this guy on Twitter. You can follow Clay, uh, Clay Travis on Twitter. He retweeted this. I retweeted this. You can follow me on Twitter. And then you can see this. Follow me at the rant Eli on Twitter, and you can see all this information that I'm reading. Okay, the FIFA prize money. So this is again, this is a huge debate, and I brought this up because, again, um, I t I told everyone that this has nothing to do with FIFA, right? And it doesn't. And this is exactly what he brings up in this in this little blurb right here. So separate and apart from any funds controlled by United States Soccer. Again, separate and apart from any funds controlled by U.S. Soccer. I want to reiterate that. FIFA has nothing to do with what the women get paid. Only prize money based on competing in their tournaments, okay? I went over this in, at nauseum. There's nothing in comparison that you can say FIFA is, is supposed to do except what they believe is right based on, on their winnings, okay? So, the men's and women's World Cup generates vastly different revenues, right? We talked about this last time, right? It was like, 
it was basically 300 some million compared to like 40 billion or, or, or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was vastly different. Resulting in different prize money, right? Obviously, if one entity makes more money than the other, the prize money determined by solely by FIFA. Indeed, when World Cup payments from FIFA are included, the the uh, the U.S. men's national team players were paid 40, 41.0 million from two, 2010 to 2018, and the U.S. women's national team were paid 39.7 million. So that's pretty much on par. But the difference is he's talking about the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team. So as you know, the U.S. women's national team is vastly better given their competition than the men's national team. So one year, the, the men didn't even make the tournament. That was two years ago. So this is all through 2018, so there's no 2019 data. But as you can see, the men made about a million more, not even, $0.3 million more, or point, no, a million, a million, $1.3 million more is what they made. Again, that's not fair, but that has nothing to do with what the women make, right? As you can see, the men are terrible. They made $41 million. The women are the best team in, in their entire competition, and they made $39.7 million. Again, nothing to do with U.S. Soccer Federation. This is what they're trying to separate, trying to separate the arguments. This is nothing to do with us. This is FIFA. U.S. Soccer supports narrowing the gap with an increased FIFA prize money for women. Most recently, last year's FIFA Men's World Cup awarded $38 million to the winning federation. And this year, FIFA's Women's World Cup awarded $4 million to the winning federation. U.S. Soccer has and will continue to encourage FIFA to narrow this gap with an increase in prize money that is awarded to the, the Women's World Cup champions, as well as the prize money it offers to the women's teams they compete. Again, this has nothing to do... This is what they're trying to get you to understand. They're trying to get us to understand that that the U.S. Soccer Federation has nothing to do with the way FIFA organizes its its prize money. They're just letting them know that we 100% support the women to try to get more money based on the prize money. But all we can do is encourage FIFA to do so. We are not FIFA. We're the United States Soccer Federation. That's what they're trying to get across, right? That is the that this is this document for dummies is basically saying this is what we give. This is what FIFA gives. We're not FIFA. You figure it out, FIFA. That's what they're trying to say. Over several decades, U.S. soccer has invested many millions of dollars in the women's soccer, in women's soccer, likely more than any other country, and we will continue to do so. Support for the National Women's Soccer League. Okay, so this is the Women's National Women's Soccer League. This is the Major League Soccer's version of the women's teams, right? Over the years, U.S. soccer has invested approximately $18 million in the National Women's Soccer League, including the players' salaries described above, assistance with marketing, broadcasting, and sponsorship agreements, and efforts to expand the league. This supports the supports the growth and access or in success of the league, which is now the longest-running professional women's soccer league in American history. U.S. soccer has no females as no. I'm sorry. U.S. soccer has no financial stake in the National Women's Soccer League club or the league itself, but we make these investments because we believe that a strong and sustainable league is vital to the long-term growth of the women's soccer in America. Basically, what he's saying is there's no support for Major League Soccer by the United States Soccer Federation. 
But there is support for the National Women's Soccer League by the United States Soccer Federation. In fact, $18 million worth. So he's saying we are doing something that we don't even do for the men's league. We, we're trying to help you guys grow, and we've invested more money in this than anybody else is what he's basically saying. So the fact that you want to attack us is dumb because we're the reason that we're trying to make your league successful. So, again, the facts just keep coming, and it's great. So moving on, this is the last page now. So let me blow this up a little bit so I can actually read it. No, I guess I can't. Okay. So revenue from broadcast and sponsorships. So collectively, our women and men's national team help generate revenue for the U.S. soccer for the uh, corporate sponsorships and broadcast rights. Traditionally, however, these revenues have not been attributed directly to either the women's or the men's team alone. The revenue from our sponsors are critical to supporting all aspects of U.S. soccer, of the U.S. soccer's mission to develop players, coaches, referees at all levels across our federation, including support for our many women's and men's youth national teams. Our Sorry, it's really small print. I'm trying to read my best. And I'm dyslexic. So our parley. Okay. Okay. So basically they're saying th- uh, money they give out in scholarships from players from under, from, let's see, undersized communities. Sorry. It's really, really small print. I can't blow it up or else I, I could probably blow it up now. Okay, cool. From undersized communities. Basically they're saying that that the revenue from like from sponsorships and all that is split. It's it's not one team gets most or one team gets another, right? It's saying regardless of what they all draw, it all gets split. So p- support for women's national team games. One metric that can be measured directly is the revenue that our women's and men's teams generate. On average, game by game from 2009 to 2019, a time frame that includes two women's World Cup championships, the the women's national team has earned gross revenue of 101.3 million over 238 games for an average of 425,446 per game. And the men's national team has earned gross revenue of 185.7 million over 191 games for an average of $972,147 per game. More specifically, women's national team games have generated a net profit, ticket revenues minus Event expenses, okay? So that's important to know. It's ticket revenue minus event expenses. In only two years, this is from 2016, 2017. So they're basically saying it's been profitable. It's made a net profit. Across the entire 11-year period, women's national soccer games generated a net loss of $27.5 million. So, So just in the last two years, though, it's gone up. That's what they're saying. It's growing. The sport is growing. People are going to watch it, right? But across the entire 11-year period, the women's national soccer team games generated a net loss of $27.5 million. Nevertheless, the U.S. soccer does not view these as losses, but rather an important investment in our women's national team and is a long-term growth for women's soccer. So he's actually out here supporting exactly what I just said to everyone, right? He 100% believes that this is growing because why would it not be, basically, is what he's saying. He's saying even though we've, we've, we've lost $27.5 million over 11 years, 
if you just look at 2016-2017, we've made money. So maybe maybe we're, we're we're you know we're doing our best to grow this. So again, increased investments in women's youth development. In recent years, U.S. soccer has significantly increased our investment in development to the next generation of women's soccer players, including the creation of the Girls Developmental Academy in 2016. In fiscal year 2019, we invested $14.4 million in men's youth national teams in development programs and $13.4 million in women's youth national teams and development programs, and we'll continue to work towards generating parity in the years ahead. In addition, we hope to host the 2027 Women's World Cup here in the United States, which would be another tremendous boost to the women's soccer in our country. So there, there you are, guys. I just laid out the entire fact sheet. That was it. That's all the facts that were there. Right? But, it, but it's important to understand one thing alone, and that is that what they are asking right, is they believe the reason they filed this lawsuit is they believe they are not getting the money that they th- they thought they right- rightfully earned, right? But the difference is they actually are making more money than any of the men's national team, than any of the national team for the men's national team players. That's what it came down to, right? The benefits they receive are better. The salaries they receive are better because they're guaranteed contracts, which the men do not have, right? And these were all negotiated under their CBA. So again, I encourage all of you to read these facts because they just came out yesterday, right? The letterhead on the top of the fact sheet is uh, July 29th, 2019. Excuse me. And I encourage all of you to read them and understand that just because you believe something to be true doesn't mean it's true, okay? We can all sit here as people across the world and believe that women are not equally played as men, right? And I guarantee you there are some places where that exists. I'm not fighting that argument. But you have to understand that in a vacuum, we can say whatever we want. But facts are the reasons that we can actually sit down and have a discussion. Do you understand? You can say whatever you want, but until someone lays down facts and tells you you are wrong, right, then you need to concede. So now I looked at Twitter underneath his feed, and there are so many people that are still in denial, which is absolutely ridiculous. This is, these are factual evidence, okay? He had, these are from, it's the United States Soccer Federation. Why would they lie about this? Why would they lie and say this is, this is, this is what it is? Because that just makes no sense for them. They're trying to avoid going to a lawsuit. They're trying to bring out everything they can. It's an independent accounting firm that did this data. They had the W-2s and the actual players' payrolls for all of this data. And, of course, they helped negotiate the, the collective bargaining agreements for each team. So, of course, they would know what's under each, each team because they're the ones that, that, that organized that and sat down on the other side of the table across from the representatives of each of those entities and sat down and had the CBA agreed to or not agreed to. So, again... In retrospect, and sums up all of this, right? Thirty-four point one million is what the women's team national like grossed, and twenty-nine whatever million was what the men's national team grossed. So in return, the women made more than men, and in fact, the CBA for the women's national team is way better. And in fact, the U.S. Soccer Federation helps support the na- the women's national team or the the National Women's Soccer League, as in the parity league for Major League Soccer. And the U.S. Soccer Federation gives zero money to MLS. Zero. Zilch. None. So in fact, you could say that there's actually more benefits for being a, wo- being a woman on the women's national team than there is to being a men on the men's national team. 
just looking at it from the basis of being on the men's national team versus being on the women's national team. So these are the facts, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I wanted to set out to do today. I wanted to read you the fact sheet. I wanted to let you know that just because you hear something and it's been berated around and you see people out there in the in the stratosphere complaining and bitching and moaning about things that they don't quite understand, here's the president of the United States Soccer Federation with his independent accounting firm. He laid out all the details and everything you need to know about it. If you don't believe after this, then I'm sorry, but you're just you're just a lost cause. You just believe that people are out to get women, and that's not true. Nobody is out here trying to make it worse for anybody. That's this is not how it is. I understand there's small small groups of people that really maybe like to piss people off or, or like to say that you know racist things or sexist things, but generally people try to help people, and that's what they did. And they helped the women's national team and the national women's soccer league way more than the men's national team or the MLS. That's just the facts. That's what this document stated. And they are helping this this sport grow more than ever, even after they took a loss in 11 years of $25 million. This loss, the women's, the National Women's Soccer League lost $25.6 million, yet they're still willing to support it. That's all you need to know, folks. They're trying their best to keep this league alive. So, Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'm going to probably do another episode here because I need to go and talk about some football stuff. But I want everybody to really focus on that. Again, follow me on Twitter, at the rant Eli. You can see all those documents that I retweeted. You can follow me on Instagram, at the rant with Eli. You can email me at the rant Eli at gmail.com and let me know what you think about any of this. And I will happily debate you now that I have the fact sheets in front of me. And you will lose because I have facts, unless you're just a person who doesn't like facts. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, please share the podcast. Uh, please let me know if you want me to do something specifically for you. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to be doing something on Zeke Elliott in the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. See you when I see you.